Chapter 4 Sister Carmeline placed her fork neatly onto the empty plate before her and rustled her bulk out of her chair to call the room to attention. Rumor had it that a list of names for the chapel detail was under Sister Hilda's watchful protection, and the room was quiet before Carmeline could finish asking it to be so. Everyone was anxious to have the news, everyone except Finn. We have made our choices carefully in light of the hard work and responsibility required and have selected five of you to assist Mr. Hickory. Take care to understand that any work for Mr. Hickory is in addition to your usual duties and chores. Carmeline turned and nodded to her sister. Hilda, if you please. Hilda stood and produced a list from her apron. She cleared her throat and began to read. Danny Schumann, Lachlan McEwen. At the proclamation of each name, murmurs of assent and dissent rose and fell. Hans Richter, Tom Nodger. The rest of the boys in the room held their breath. And Peter Lemie. Peter grinned at Finn and she half-smiled back at him. She knew Hilda would have her way, knew better than to entertain the thought of being chosen, but some treacherous depth inside her held out hope of things known better and betrayed her to disappointment. Mr. Hickory tells me that from time to time additional assistance will be needed. That assistance will, of course, be chosen from whomever is most willing and deserved of special privilege. The list disappeared back into the folds of Hilda's apron as she took her seat. Finn's spirits rose at the promise that she might still get the chance to go to work as a special privilege, but she quickly squashed them back down. Sister Carmeline rose again and waited for silence. You five may present yourselves to my chamber after lunch to be introduced to Mr. Hickory. Is there anything else to be attended to this morning? She looked around the room. Bartimaeus cleared his throat at Carmeline. <clears throat> ah, yes, uh, Miss Button, you will report to the kitchen immediately following dismissal to attend your new duties. Murmurs, jeers, and sounds of sympathy bubbled around the room. Finn only stared at her plate in silence. Peter tried to wrap a consoling arm around her shoulder, but she pushed him away. Sister Carmeline excused herself while Hilda ordered the children to chores. Finn sat at her place as one by one the other children exited. Peter was the last to leave her. Of course he would be, but able to find no words that might be of help, he gave up and left her staring. She raised her eyes when the room was quiet, thinking it empty. Brother Bartimaeus was sitting across from her and watching her patiently. Ah, you'd rather be out with the boys, eh, missy? Finn's brow wrinkled a little more. But from where I'm sitting, it looks like I got me a fine, strong, and able set of arms and legs to help me out. Could even say my work just got lopped in half. Now that's something worth grinning about, see here? He grinned at her, but she refused to unwrinkle her face. What you say we get this place cleaned up so we can have some fun? Finn was determined not to like any part of this situation, but she did her best to avoid outright meanness and gave herself over to cleaning the dining hall as best she could. Washing dishes was a task she was certainly no stranger to, and they worked at it in silence. Finn scrubbed and Bartimaeus dried. By the time they were finished, Finn was soaked from the sloshing water and feeling even more miserable than when she had started. Without a word, she snatched a broom from the corner and began to sweep. Bartimaeus crossed his arms and leaned himself against the kitchen doorway to consider her while she worked. She glanced at him repeatedly, wondering why he was just standing there, but all he did was frown back. Finally, being watched so closely had worked on her long enough, and she stopped, leaned the broom against the table, and crossed her arms in mockery of him, and she glared. What? she demanded. 
Uh, Stow that broom and come to the galley, or kitchen, as old Hilda would say. He winked at her and then turned and walked out of sight into the kitchen. Finn snatched the broom up and muttered under her breath as she put it away. Something I want to show you, Bartimaeus said. He motioned to the wall, spreading his arms out wide as if he were welcoming it. It was covered in shelves from the floor to the rafters, and every one was filled with tiny bottles, vials, pots, and wooden boxes. Now you know what those are, he raised an eyebrow at her. Finn shook her head. Well, I'm going to tell you, see here. These are bits what a cook can make a little magic with. He picked up a small wooden box from the nearest shelf, opened it, and breathed deep of its contents. Ah, rosemary. He handed the box to Finn. Go on, get a good smell of it. She looked inside at the small pile of long, thin, grayish-green bits and smelled it cautiously. Its pungent odor instantly reminded her of the smell of chicken cooking for Sunday dinner. Smells like chicken, she said. Well, no, it don't smell nothing like chicken. But it does smell like dinner, don't it? That's because I use a pinch or two when I cook the chicken. Now, see here, all these pots and boxes got spices and herbs, sage, bay leaf, peppercorn, orange peel, thyme, see here? And this is what we're going to make magic with. The creases of his face spread out and refolded themselves into a giant smile. Throw a chicken in the pot without the right magic, and you get plain old turd chicken. But throw in the right mix of this and that, and whoo-wee! He slapped his knee. Miles are watering from here to Charleston. Finn gave in and smiled. Now, see here, we got work to get done for lunch and dinner, so let's turn to it. Bartimaeus rattled on for the rest of the day about what spice to use and how much and for what sort of meal. He never tired of talking about cooking, and to Finn's surprise, she didn't get bored of listening. He showed her the garden and made himself hungry just talking about how to tell when the various cabbages and peppers and beans were ready to be plucked and cooked. Then he took her to the barn and used a poor Charlet calf as a model to teach her where all his favorite cuts of beef came from. Right yonder, he patted the calf's shoulder. That's a roasted piece of heaven just waiting to happen, missy. Little bay leaf, little salt, add some carrots and taters. Yes, ma'am. Sunday dinner in the flesh, ain't you, darling? He was talking to the calf and seemed to have momentarily forgotten Finn was there. Finn was thankful the calf didn't understand what he was saying. He spoke so enthusiastically about his craft that Finn couldn't help but be drawn along by him, and by the end of the day she was nearly convinced that she might enjoy her new chores. Bartimaeus gave her the duty of mashing potatoes for dinner to go with a stew he was stirring up out of nothing more than a few leftover pork rinds and some onions. When she was done, he dipped a spoon into the bowl and sampled the work. He closed his eyes and smacked his lips as he chewed, then frowned and sampled another mouthful. Best damn taters I ever ate. Bloody well done, missy. Finn completely failed to mask her delight at his language. Oh, pardon me, Miss Button. Taters made me forget myself. Don't go letting on to Hilda about that, see here. Heathen talk don't suit her ears. Yours neither, he winked at her. That evening, after the meal was set and Sister Carmeline said grace over the food, Bartimaeus stood up and addressed the dining hall. Miss Button here made the taters and done a fine job on her first day in the galley. Hilda cleared her throat and exchanged a stern look with Bartimaeus. Oh, uh, kitchen, that is, he amended. Thank Miss Button if you like the taters. See here, she done a good job. He sat down, and Finn was glad of it. She was blushing. After dinner, she found Peter behind the chapel lying on his back, shirt off, covered in sweat, and apparently ready to go to sleep right there on the ground if he could get away with it. She kicked him. Finn, he said with no small bit of irritation, don't touch me. It hurts everywhere. He groaned. 
Hurts? What did they do, beat you? Finn said. We made bricks. Finn turned green with envy, and Peter shook his head. Playing in the mud might sound fun, but I can tell you that after about six hours, fun it ain't. He attempted to sit up and failed miserably, and he groaned and settled back to the ground. I don't think I'm going to be able to move tomorrow. Finn sat down next to him. How many bricks did you have to make? Only thousands. How was the kitchen? I hate it. I like Bartimaeus, though. He's funny. She paused and then added, I'd rather play in the mud with a devilish grin. I'll trade you, said Peter. She smacked him on the leg. Stop fooling around. Well, I'm going to bed, said Peter, and groaned. If I can get up, that is. Finn tugged him to his feet, and he limped off toward the dorm house. Good night, she called after him, and Peter grunted back weakly before stepping through the doorway. Finn was tired but not sleepy. She looked around to make sure Hilda's nose wasn't watching, then headed around to the chapel door, ducked inside, and climbed to the bell tower. She was surprised at how hard it was to remind herself that she didn't like working in the kitchen with Bartimaeus. He was so different from the sisters. Finn sensed in him a hint of rebellion that intrigued her. Tattoos on his arms, muttered curses on his breath, magic in his kitchen. He was full of things that the sisters never let on about. If she couldn't be out in the sun with Peter, at least Bartimaeus was good company while scrubbing pots. A small consolation to be sure, but small was better than none at all. (laughs) 